the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emerson. Uh-huh. Hey, good afternoon. Greetings. Thanks for coming along today. The Thursday edition of The Ride Home. And, uh, Kath, how are you? Good. What? I realized that was my water bottle in the middle of the streaming video. That's fine. Hey, by the way, we're streaming on YouTube now. Oh, that's it's our right. our new home. Uh, the word Pittsburgh is where you find us on YouTube, yep. right? The word Pittsburgh. So we're done with Facebook. We just said to Mark Zuckerberg, we know you want us, but we're done with you, my friend. That's right. Not, everybody, t- not everybody can have us, okay? You, right. You can take that thieving information thing that you do and just, because we're going to go someplace safe like YouTube. Because <laughs> they've never had any allegations, right? Right. So the word Pittsburgh, you want to see our mugs. Yeah. I'm wearing a green shirt today. And uh, you got polka dots? No. Yeah, no, I got polka dots. Very nice. Thank you. It's, po- it's not really polka dots. No, it's kind of like... It's like coronavirus polka dots. Oh, great. Just th- th- now you've ruined the shirt. <laughs> I'm just saying. It's got it's a little sort of blobby thing with some sticks, which, of course, we all know what that is. <sighs> Can we just call it polka dots and move on, friends? Right, fine. Hey, what a fabulous night last night. We had... Su- last Holy night, s- we were... This time last night, we were close to despair because we had word fm date night on the uh, gateway princess mm-hmm. and the weather forecast was like cataclysmic i was shocked we looked out the window and it was like oh seriously like noah's ark was ready to go down the parkway west oh my gosh but it was a beautiful night i mean seriously what a- it was so i mean i thought this is going to be a total washout it ended up to be such a fun night. Thank you to mm-hmm. so many. I mean, I don't know, but 250 people there. They were lovely. We had so many good conversations. Sure did. Said hi to so many people. Terrific listeners. Had great food. Great food. Wonderful views. And after it stopped raining, oh. it was gorgeous on the rivers last yeah. night. It made me want to get a boat. And then I went home yeah. and told my wife, and she was like, you're Not never doing that again. Never, no boats in this house, you're sir. You're never getting a boat. Right. It actually made me think that we should do that again. What, have a date night yeah, cruise? Yeah, I mean, it sold out so fast. Mm-hmm. I bet we could do it again, and I, it would just be a, a ton of fun. All right. Yeah. <laughs> this time we'll bring our, our spouses. This time I'm going to bring an umbrella. Right. No, no, we really didn't need I mean, it was fine. It could have been bad. Right, it could have been. I had a very, we ended up both having umbrellas because we found them under our car seats in like as we were desperately trying to come up with something to shield ourselves. I was so happy. It was like the best $3 umbrella I've I ever had. I was so happy to life. see it. Very nice. All right, uh, without further ado, uh, Kath always gives us the updates on news stories throughout the, the world. And so with uh, that, Kath, please give us the top four at four. All right, for Thursday, August 26th, 2021. Now, you've already heard the news from Afghanistan, so I'm going to go to local news first. Pittsburgh Public School Superintendent Anthony Hamlet violated the state's Ethics Act with regard to travel expenses, accepting cash for speeches, and failing to make required disclosures of financial interests. Between 2016 and 18, the PA Ethics Commission said in a report issued just today. 
At a news conference this morning, Hamlet maintained that there were, quote, no findings of intent to deceive the families, my staff, and the taxpayers of Pittsburgh. And then he went on to say, this is a great day for me personally. As this two-year inquiry has been a cloud on my head, a heavy burden on my shoulders, even though I know I have done nothing wrong. With this review behind me, it looks like a fresh start. Okay. Now, according to the Trib, City Controller Michael Lamb, who initiated the investigation, saw things differently. Quote, this report confirms much of what we already suspected, he said. The Pittsburgh Board of Public Ed must now make appropriate changes to leadership to allow the district to get back to the important business of focusing on student achievement. Now, Lamb also serves as controller for the Pittsburgh Public Schools. Now, the commission, without getting into too many of the particulars, found Hamlet violated state ethics acts by seeking travel expense reimbursements that had already been paid by the district. Whoops. For misusing leave days and carrying them over from year to year, which is not allowed in his contract. For accepting money for speeches related to his position. And for deficient statements of financial disclosure in 2016, 17, and 18. Number two. The U.S. Department of Education says enrollment in public schools, speaking of public schools, during the pandemic has dropped by more than one and a half million students. Some have switched to private schools or at-home learning. Others have just vanished from the system. That's the biggest concern, right? According to CBS News, many schools are looking for children still missing from class weeks after the school year began. A Bellwether Education Partners report from October estimated that nationwide up to 3 million children stopped attending school or online classes, neither, after the pandemic shutdown last year. We're going to be digging ourselves out of this for decades. Number three. Frustrated by out-of-control increases in drug overdose deaths, the state of California's leaders are trying something radical. They want the state to be the first to pay people to stay sober. According to ABC News, the federal government has been doing this for years with military vets, and research shows it is one of the most effective ways to get people to stop using drugs like cocaine and methamphetamine, stimulants for which there are no pharmaceutical treatments available. And let me tell you how it works. People earn small incentives or payments for every negative drug test over a period of time. Most people who complete the treatment without any positive tests can earn a few hundred dollars. They usually get this money on a gift card. It's called contingency management, and Governor Gavin Newsom has asked the federal government for permission to use tax dollars to pay for it through Medicaid, the joint state and federal health insurance program for the poor and disabled that covers nearly 14 million in California. How about that? Which well, not so silent, Christy, isn't it? Unsettling. Number four, it's National Dog Day. Hey. Canine celebrities are all over TikTok and Instagram today, all over Twitter, Facebook as well. Jif Palm, the most followed dog on Instagram, has 10 million followers, 400,000 more than Tom Hanks. What? Jif Palm? Mm-hmm. Where's Jif Palm from? Uh, I don't know. I don't know Jif Palm. I don't follow Jif Palm. But I do follow Thoughts of Dog, and we oh, rate yeah, dogs. Very funny. Which I think we rate dogs is probably my favorite Twitter account, Instagram yeah, account. Followers of famous dogs get to scroll through adorable puppy content daily, not just on National Dog Day, and you can be one of those as well. And that your top four at four all right thank you Kath. how about we rate dogs that's an awful that's my favorite isn't that good yeah it's very funny stuff but jiff palm now uh, i, I gotta bring that up do you I know go, jiff palm christy i don't okay no. christy's a dog do you know thoughts of dog i don't oh that's good. oh my gosh that's someone who's all c- consistently telling you what your dog is thinking it's very oh funny you know what stuff. maybe i have seen that yeah it's funny yep. it's funny have you seen we rate dogs 
I, I oh. don't know. I feel like I see so much. I know. I get right. so many things because I watch dog videos. Oh. Yeah. Well, We're, the three of us are all big into dog content. Right. Yeah. Well, every dog on We Rate Dog always gets like a 14 plus. 14 out of 10. On a scale of 1 to 10, yeah. they rate all the dogs and they all get more than 10. Exactly. Because they great. all should, right? Because exactly. they're all so excellent. Right. Why would they not be 14 out of right. 10? So Jif Palm is J-I-F? J-I-F-F-P-O-M right. is Jif Palm. I'm going to go check them out. Um Yes, Jeff Palm, 400,000 more followers than Tom Hanks. Very nice. All right. Let's take a break. We come back in just a few minutes. One of our favorite guests is with us in just a few minutes, Jerry Boyer. What if Jerry has a dog? That's a good question. Let's ask about that. Jerry Boyer is with us. He's going to talk about purity and the Pharisee culture. That's straight ahead. We're Pittsburgh's Christian Talk here on 101.5 Word FM, W-O-R-D. One hundred one point five WORD. Coming up on Love Worth Finding. How would you like to have sweet communion with the Lord? I mean, for the Lord not to be somebody that you read about or hear about, but for the Lord Jesus Christ to be in your life a bright, burning reality. To have communion with the Lord day by day. Would you like that? Hear Adrian Rogers' series, Sweetest Fellowship This Side of Heaven, this month on Love Worth Finding. Tonight at 11 on 101.5 WORD. How well do you know God? The book of Hosea reads, For I desire mercy, not sacrifice, and the knowledge of God more than burnt offerings. One way to increase your knowledge of God is to visit Israel. Two years ago, I took a tour there, not knowing what to expect. It was our visit to the Garden of Gethsemane where I experienced my close moment with God. Praying in the same place as Jesus before his crucifixion, all I could think of was his obedience to the Father, and I too needed to do the same. Returning home, things changed. Now each morning and night, I close my door, read the Bible, and pray on my knees, often thinking of that precious time at Gethsemane. This trip changed me. I'm now closer to God. For this reason, I strongly encourage you to go there in the hope that you too experience a similar faith renewal. Imagine Tours is offering the identical 10-day Israel tour I experienced leaving from Pittsburgh January 10th. For more information, go to pgh22.com or call 724-287-5151. Again, that's pgh22.com. What is an integrated curriculum? For the teachers at Jubilee Christian School in Mount Lebanon, their award-winning approach is like a wheel, where subjects like science, math, and language arts are the spokes. But at the center, God is the hub, holding it all together. And through hands-on learning, monthly field experiences, the all-school unit, and more, kids develop a passion for learning and faith in a way that's really cool. Schedule a private tour today. Jubilee Christian School, K-6 grade. Imagine, believe, achieve at jubileecs.org. Hi, this is Robert Jermalowski, owner of Doing It Right Roofing, Siding, Remodeling. Looking for a new roof or siding upgrade? Call us for a free estimate at 724-NEW-ROOF or visit roofingcontractorpittsburgh.com. We've all been thinking a lot lately about the air we breathe. QDOT has been thinking about it for over 100 years, providing big HVAC solutions for the commercial industry, including healthcare, where air quality is paramount. 
Does your home deserve any less? For affordable solutions, including their new bipolar ionizer, which may eliminate up to 99.4% of airborne viruses, including SARS-CoV-2, breathe easier with QDOT. Call 412-366-6200 or visit q-dot.com. 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying, play the word Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. Jerry Boyer is back with us. Jerry is the host of the new podcast called Meeting of Minds. Jerry is also the author of the book Makers, the Makers versus the Takers, what Jesus really said about social justice. You can also find Jerry at Town Hall Finance and uh, Affluent Investor. Jerry's also preaching this week as well, which in many ways, Jerry, welcome to the show. What you're about to talk to us about is based upon what you're preaching this week. It is, yes. Uh, great to be with you, um, as always. Um, so... Um, Excuse me if I'm a little sweaty. Today was my, I, I was mowing the lawn, and it's a hot day, and I had to get it done because I've got John and Kathy today. Yeah, because, of oh. course, and I don't want to talk to you if your grass isn't mowed, okay? I've, I mean, it's very not. It's like a little bit of it is mowed because we got a lot of grass. So forgive me. Susan's, like, trying to, like, dry me off before we go on the <laughs> That's air. That's sad, Jerry. So that I don't look – because when someone's sweating during an interview, it looks kind of dodgy. Right. You right. Know? It, like, does, it does look like I'm, we're trying to nail you down and you mm-hmm. just, you know, are trying to squirm through it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it's Brooks. a 60 Minutes thing. Like, right. oh, yeah, I, I'm telling the truth. Is that oh, flop yeah. sweat, Jerry? What's going on exactly? <laughs> All of a sudden, it's like the, the opiate situation and you're working for a pharmaceutical company. I mean, what is exactly, going right. on? Exactly, right. I'm a Statler. And exactly. Oh, selling my. opioids. Sorry, Jerry. Um, <laughs> okay, so let me. Okay, so let's launch in this way because there's a lot to talk about, um, and we're going to get to a lot in the next hour. But uh, first off, when we were talking about you know what our what our conversation would look like today in an email thread before the show started, you said something interesting. You said, um, "Well, we could talk about this, but it seems like people aren't very interested in the Gospels." Mm. Tell me about yes. that. I I think well just from my own experience. Um, as someone who does a lot of public speaking and someone who's on social media and I do writing, people are bored by the gospel stories. Um, they, they're not interested in them. They don't click on things about that. Let's leave names out. But I was in a conversation with a highly successful Christian news analysis website, and they, they wanted me to do some editing and some writing for them. And I, and, you know, they, I asked them, well, what do you want me to write about? And they said, well, you've written for us in the past. Um, What didn't do very well is when you do biblical exposition, Hmm. Uh, most of which had been exposition of passages in the gospels that didn't do very well. Um, And I said, well, what did do well? Well, the thing that you did that was one of the best things we ever did is you talked about the blood moon thing. Everyone remember the blood moon thing about five or six. I mean, it was everywhere. Um, And then none of it happened. And then it all got forgotten. And that was like an eye opener to me. Um, and I talked to a friend who also sometimes writes for the same site, and he talked to them, and, and they said, well, what, what happens really well, what works really well is if you write about celebrities. Hmm. So it's like writing for a finance page. So I don't know what Kim Kardashian financial tips should be. I mean, I guess she's you know passe, but whoever She does the, seem to know, be doing well, though, financially. So I, I'm sure she is. Yes, no doubt about it. So in my experience, people don't seem to be terribly interested in what Jesus said. Um, they're much more interested in whatever is the big fight of the day. Last time I was with you, I think it was wh- whether Simone Belisles is right. was a wimp sure. for 
yeah, for uh, high stakes stuff. Um, right now, what's all over my social media feed is masks and vaccinations. So there's always some big story or maybe two or three, of course, you know, Afghanistan, but almost more about, you know, whether kids in school should have to wear masks than about the fall of a nation and what might be the end of America's influence as a superpower in the world. Even that is behind the mask wars and all the rest of it. So when I wrote to you, I said, you know, what I'm thinking about is what does Mark 7 mean? I really want to know what Mark 7 means because I really want to know. I, I don't try to find out so I can preach. I preach to give myself an excuse mm, to, to find spend out. like 30 hours to try to find out and not feel like I'm taken away from my day job. I know people would think, well, that's messed up. You should just study the Bible anyway. Okay, that's all right. It's messed up. But no. I, I preach and speak partly to say, hey, I can carve out all this time to just completely, you know, uh, talk about this passage and study this passage and, and read a dozen or more comment, you know, commentaries so I can do it. So that's what's the top of my mind, not the fight of the day. But on the other hand, what I think is if we really get what's going on in the Gospels, including the passage that'll be the lectionary reading this week, Mark 7, the dispute with the Pharisees over washing of hands, it actually sheds light on the big fight of the week. Um, and it also sheds light on why we're interested in the big fight of the week rather than the Gospels. Okay, good. All right. So let's get so let's get to that. Um, so talk about the passage and then talk about what the how the hand washing situation that they were embroiled in might be understood through a current lens. Jesus is in the Galilee area, right in the fish in the in the Sea of Galilee area, right, and um, activists, uh, the the Pharisees and their scribes, so essentially the employees, the water carriers, no pun intended for the Pharisees, go up to Galilee to confront Jesus. In other words, this is, remember, we've talked so much about how Galilee is different from Judea, really key idea. And we've mostly talked about how economically it's different from Judea. But it's also in some sense religiously different because it looks like the Galilean approach to Judaism was more focused on the actual Torah, the actual law of God, the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible, as opposed to a revolution that had been taking place around that time where scholars were rewriting those rules in innovative, innovative ways to add traditions, traditions that not only did they add to the Torah, to the law, but actually had the effect of erasing them, of undermining the Torah and the law. So it wasn't just, here's what God says, and you're going to have to do that, and we're going to add something on top. It's here's what God says, we're going to add something on top, and then the something on top swallows up what God actually said. I'm being careful about fingers. Swallows up what God actually said, so that you set aside the law of God, Jesus says to the Pharisees, in order to hold to the traditions of the elders. So this is not a fight between Jesus and Judaism. This is a fight between two kinds of Judaism. The kind of Judaism in which Jesus was brought up, which is very focused on what the Bible, the Old Testament actually said, and a new rising form, which was more committed to new doctrines. Let me think of the Pharisees as old, you're kind of old, they're going back. No, they weren't. They were a new thing that was creating new doctrines. Their traditions were new traditions, and they were, try- they were always going around trying to convince people. Jesus says you cross the land and sea in order to find one, one um, convert. A convert. It's not Gentiles are being converted. They're trying to convert Jews mm. to the new thing. The new thing is ultra strict purity code. And so Jesus in Mark 7, I would argue, and I think the case is pretty strong, is not saying forget rituals. 
He's not saying God only cares about the heart. He doesn't care about what you, what you do. He's not saying forget the, the Old Testament or the Torah. He's saying follow God's word, not traditions. And so the difference here is there's no place in the Torah where people are told they have to wash their hands after coming back from the marketplace before they eat. Hmm. That's not give me that old time religion. That's a new religion. Yeah. Um, the Torah says nothing about that. That's a completely alien sense of uncleanness. Um, so what makes you unclean in the Torah tends to be literally, like Jesus says, stuff that comes out of you, mm. right? Like leprosy, you don't eat leprosy, leprosy comes out of you. There are other things that come out of you that you, we're not going to mention. Father Jay once said in a sermon, never mention effluences of any kind. Anything that comes out of the mm -hmm. body, they don't want to hear it. Well, Very okay. Well. Nobody yeah. wants to hear about that. Right. Well, we're going to have to skip some parts of the Bible because there's whole sections of Leviticus that are about sewage. And Jesus deals with this. I mean, he talks about the food goes through you and it goes out into the toilet. And we find euphemistic ways you know, to say that. But he's talking about that stuff. So what happens, there's stuff that comes out of people in the ceremonial law, and that makes them unclean. Now, it's not that leprosy makes you, you know, bad before God. It's that this, these are symbols of what's in man. Right. Leprosy is a kind of dying. So this is a way of saying we die from the inside out. And if we do, we need to be cleansed from that. And all the and the bleedings There's a lot about bleeding, that certain kinds of bleedings make people unclean. But you really don't have you have very little or arguably not, nothing where what you eat makes you unclean. Now, there are certain foods that are, but that's not the same word in Hebrew. So in, in our English translations, we say clean and unclean for both sets of things, but they're not. There are foods that are kosher and non-kosher, and then there are aspects to people that make them clean and unclean, and those are pretty much separate rules. So Jesus seems to be upholding Torah against new teachings, and I think, so what does that have to do with anything? It's, well, it has to do with something really important. It's a completely opposite understanding of the nature of holiness. In the biblical idea, Torah and Gospels Holiness is a matter of what's in you and what comes out of you. That's, that's Moses and Jesus. That's not Judaism versus Christianity. In the Pharisaical idea, who you associate with makes you unclean. So it says when they come from the marketplace, they wash their hands. Um, it, in the Greek, it's literally they wash with their fists, which is a kind of a great picture of the, of the attitude right? It's like, you know, they're doing this because they were just in the marketplace and there might've been all Jews there, and, but you know, there might've been a Gentile and that might be unclean. That little bit of the possibility of uncleanness means that maybe I got their, their, their mud blood filthiness on me. And then I'm going to touch my bread. And now my bread is now unclean. And then I'm going to eat that bread. And now I'm unclean. And Jesus is saying more than you're, you're not following the Bible, you're following the tradition of the elders. He's saying a lot more. He's saying you have this completely backwards. Hmm. Um, if you, you, you've got something right, the world is morally polluted. Your answer is the world is more, morally polluted, therefore I'm going to wash my hands of the world. Hmm. I'm going to wash it off. Literally, it's baptized in the Greek. I'm going to baptize the world off of my hands. Whereas Jesus says opposite, the world is morally polluted, therefore go clean it. Go ye therefore, disciple the nations, baptizing them into the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. So it's a different idea. Jesus's holiness is go out there and do something about that, about that moral impurity. And the Pharisaical answer is pull back. 
And I would argue that to a large degree, not completely, to a large degree, evangelicals in the 20th century, even though we read the Bible stories and see Pharisees as the bad guys, we really are taking the same approach to holiness. Mm -hmm. Holiness is pulled back. And that's why we have all these crazy arguments about all these crazy things with all this anger and toxicity. Because up there, we're supposed to go there, out there, into the marketplace and baptize it, teaching whatsoever he commanded. And instead, we pull back, we wash our hands of it. Um, but they, but that doesn't make you clean to wash your hands of it. Pilate later washes his hands of the whole nation. Um, so we, we're not going to get anywhere by washing our hands of what's wrong with the world. Uh, that's not how it works. Instead, holiness goes, comes from Jesus in our hearts and then out into the world. Well, that's fascinating. Jerry Boyer's with us. Jerry is the host of the brand new podcast called Meeting of the Minds. He's author of The Maker versus the Takers, what Jesus really said about social justice and economics. And in the time he has left over, he's the editor of Town Hall Finance and Affluent Investor and a couple other things also. Um, and he mows his own lawn. So we're glad for that. Um, all right. So, Jerry, OK, you know what? We're up against a break. Let's take that. And then when we come back, let's delve a little further into maybe what this means for us today and how a more gospel-centered understanding might free us of a lot of the bonds that we're in. Jerry Boris with us next, Thursday edition, Ride Home. Poor Chuck, his coat is very thick. He's an Akita, German Shepherd, Lab, Husky Mix. Harold, the Border Collie Pit Mix, has the most beautiful jet black coat. Stuart, my rat carrier, has fur now where he never had it before. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Dynavite will give them a beautiful, lustrous coat. It will make you smile. You get some Dynavite, how happy your dog will be. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. As you know, Mike Lindell has a passion to help everybody get the best sleep of their lives. And he didn't stop by simply creating the best pillow. Mike created the Giza Dream Bed Sheets. They look and feel great, which means an even better night's sleep. Mike found the world's best cotton called Giza. It's ultra soft and breathable, but extremely durable. Mike's Giza Sheets come with a six 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. The first night that you sleep on the Giza sheets, you'll never want to sleep on anything else. Giza Dream Sheets come in a variety of sizes and colors, and Mike's latest incredible deal is the sale of the year. For a limited time, you receive 50% off the Giza Dream Sheets. You receive a set for as low as $49.99. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, use promo code WORD. There you'll find not only this amazing offer, but also deep discounts on MyPillow products, including the MyPillow mattress stopper and much more call 1-800-391-0954 use the promo code word 1-800-391-0954 promo code word this is kathy emmons john and i are grateful for the encouragement we have from all of our advertisers and especially our friends at grove city college thanks to everyone at grove city for supporting the ride home fall is just around the corner lowe's has what you need to change with the season like our new lower prices on select bagged mulch, starting at two eighty eight per bag, and American Gourmet three burner gas grills was one forty nine, now one twenty nine. Fall together with Lowe's this Labor Day, in store and online. Lowe's, home to any budget, home to any possibility. While supplies last, selection and product availability varies by location. Battle eight nineteen through nine eight, U.S. only. Mulch offer excludes Alaska and Hawaii. Liberty. Nobody should have to pay for one size fits all insurance coverage. Liberty Mutual customizes your car and home insurance so you only pay for what you need. 
Listen on your smart speaker at wordfm.com, the Word FM app, iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey. In your car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. Think fast. In the short time it takes to listen to this message, a small flame can turn into a big fire. Several minutes more, and thick, poisonous smoke may have filled your lungs and reduced your ability to respond. Give it five, and your entire home may be filled with flames. Keep breathing. We've got you. Don't let your world go up in smoke. Have working smoke alarms and keep heaters three feet away from anything that can burn. Learn more at usfa.fema.gov because fire is everyone's fight. We'll see a thunderstorm in spots this evening. Otherwise, mostly cloudy skies, warm and humid with a low of 69. Humid tomorrow with times of clouds and sunshine. A thunderstorm in the afternoon. We'll see a high tomorrow of 85. Saturday, variable cloudiness with a thunderstorm in parts of the area. It'll be warm and humid with a high of 84. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. Twenty twenty one. What's more important, the culture or the gospel? Jerry Boyer is with us talking about purity and the Pharisee culture. Jerry's the host of a new podcast. It's called uh, Meeting of Minds, and talking to us about that, about the purity amongst us all, holiness. All right. So, um, for those of you just joining us, we started off our conversation with uh, Jerry saying he's been doing some study of Mark seven, and uh, it's about um, uh, the washing of hands. And Jerry, I'm I'm kind of curious into what you've brought up about how Christian culture tends to be, and maybe does this go back in America, maybe to the moral majority, um, or at least maybe in in recent past, it goes back to the moral majority. This idea that we have to be holy, we have to preserve ourselves. I mean, that could go back to all sorts of, you know, different Roman Catholic traditions. I mean, it's not saying it's exclusive to the moral majority, but there have always been sects in all sorts of different denominations and Christian understanding that have decided that withdrawal is the best option. Yeah. And some of it's happening in the second century already. Right. Um, So there there have been different waves of this. Uh, Then there was the iconoclasm controversy in the Middle Ages, where there were some people who said you can't have icons. They went around smashing you know, icons and crosses and things like that. You have the Puritan thing going on. And it's legitimate to oppose worldliness of the church. The question is, what do you oppose it with? Because what you see in the New Testament is two different alternatives to Jesus, at least. You've got the Sadducees who basically say, whatever the Romans and the Greeks want, we're going to go along with it and put a little bit of Judaism around it, you know, to keep the rabble happy. Right. So they were accommodating themselves to something. The Pharisees are accommodating themselves to something else. Neither of them are moving towards the Bible. They're moving away from the Bible. Jesus comes along and says, no, John, his cousin, comes along and says, we need to, we need to go back to the Bible. That's the gospel of repentance. And then Jesus says, OK, now that we at least some of us have gone back to the Bible, now we're going to take it out. We're going to you know, extend it. Um, so I think it's really important to note that when Jesus was being attacked, um, when he was being executed, tortured, no power group sided with him. There was no party. I mean, his mother, obviously, and his disciples, especially his female disciples uh, and John, but no organized interest group sided with Jesus. Why? I would suggest because he sided with none of them. He, ha- he didn't have a coalition. 
he didn't join the party, right? So if I join a party and I toe the line and then let's say I'm a conservative and then I go out there and I do something bad, you know, sexting or something like that, then that's pretty reliable that my crowd's going to come along and say, I didn't really do it or, you know, or the other side's worse. You know, you can kind of depend on them kind of having your back if you've had theirs. But Jesus didn't sign up with them. I think it's John 3 where he says he looked at the crowd, but he did not give them. He did not, he did not give himself to them mm-hmm. because he yes. knew what was in man. Right. So I think we have to start with the assumption that a Jesus approach is going to be distinctive from any of the available approaches that we have to any of these issues. Mm-hmm. So they have to be built from Jesus upward and outward. What we can't do is take some pre-existing thing, whether it's the Green Party um, and the Great Reset for the mainline churches, or whether it's QAnon or whatever it is, and then set something like that up. I think what happened, I think the kind of the part that we've been in for a while is eschatological systems that said we're going to lose no matter what caused Christians to essentially sit out the cultural thing for about 100 years. Okay, then Jerry Falwell comes along and says, wait a minute, mm-hmm. we've got to do something. But what, what didn't he do? He didn't go on Larry King and say, this is what the Lord Jesus requires of you, or this is what the Lord requires of you. Instead, it was common sense, family values. It was like a weak T version of the sovereignty of Christ. So we've been interacting. We, we, we started to interact, but we don't go out there and interact with the marketplace with the whole gospel, we go there and take one part of the marketplace and side with it against another part of the political marketplace. Um, and that's not going to change anything. That's them changing us. Right. Not which, us changing which them. Which shows you why we have the divisions in the church we have now. Well, I wonder, though, Jerry, are, are, is our witness so damaged now in the marketplace that people just shrug their shoulders and click forward? I, I think so. Now, that doesn't mean that's permanent. The Holy Spirit has enormous power that we don't want to underestimate, and I know you're not. But I would say that our brand is pretty blown at this point in terms of anyone being. And I think part of the reason is because we didn't bring Jesus into the marketplace of ideas and we brought common sense, traditional values, American exceptionalism, old time nostalgia, whatever. We brought that stuff. Uh, which meant that when we're fighting these fights, we didn't have a distinctively Christian point of view. So inevitably, we would become junior partners mm-hmm. sure. to whatever else was out there. I would say most evangelicals, and that's my group, are junior partners to populist nationalism right now. Yeah. yeah. So um, you just submit now, to I'm, a power broker. Yeah, right. You, you find someone who's going to punch back at the elites, right? I understand that because that might be the group that's closest to us. I mean, as far as away as, away as it is, it might be better than say Hillary Clinton or whatever, but it is still choosing between two pretty bad options. Well, we're always going to choose between two bad yeah, options right. unless we put a good option on the table. Right. And that means essentially severing to some degree our relationship. I don't mean don't vote and I don't even mean vote third party. Those are prudential decisions. I think you should vote. And I got, you know, I'm not telling people you shouldn't vote for say, you know, the party that's closest aligned. But that is a really small part of what we should do yeah. in terms of culture. What we have to do, what we're called to do, what did Jesus say? Disciple the nations. What do we think that means? It means disciple the nations. What does disciple mean? Teach. Teach the nations everything I have come. All authority is given to me on heaven and on earth. Not just authority over hearts, not just authority over individuals. He's the Messiah. How could we think that the Messiah would come and say, I don't really care about nations. I don't really care about economic. All I care about is how you feel inside. Of course, that was never the job of the Messiah. 
the Messiah was always supposed to go out there and teach the whole world and teach the nations. So, but, but he kind of delegates, he does that through us. You teach the nations uh, everything that he's commanded. I, we're not doing that. And so we keep having to choose from the thin gruel that the world has to offer in terms of leftism and rightism as options. I'm into that. We, Jerry, we need to step away for just a minute. But uh, speaking of the thin gruel, when we come back, uh, would you talk to us about Afghanistan? The going into war, the coming out of war, Bush, Biden, and the wisdom of all that. Now, that's in the news today, of course. And uh, Jerry, I uh, hope you can comment on that. WORD. Hey, I'm Keith Stevens. Join Donna Cruz and me this weekend for Keep the Faith. Lisa Welchel from The Facts of Life opens up about the power of authenticity. And fully human is messy. It's in the falling that I actually experience what it felt like to be caught and held by grace. I hope you can join us for Keep the Faith. Saturday night at 10 on 101.5 Word FM. W-O-R-D. Hi, this is Jim Daly with Focus on the Family. I'd like to invite you to join us in person for our Sea Life 2021 live experience. This pro-life event will feature Amy Ford, president of Embrace Grace, motivational speaker Nick Vujicic, and a concert with Matthew West. This is an opportunity for you and your family to celebrate life. It all takes place at the American Airlines Center in Dallas on August 28th at 7 p.m. Get your free tickets and learn more at FocusOnTheFamily.com slash life. A child's body temperature rises three to five times faster than an adult's, and leaving a child in a hot vehicle could lead to their death very quickly. Tragically, in 2020, 24 children died of pediatric vehicular heat stroke, and many of these incidents occurred when parents or caregivers simply forgot the child was in the car. Please set yourself reminders on your cell phone or place something you'll need in the back seat so you don't forget your child. Always look for your baby before you lock. Brought to you by NHTSA. Trip to Europe. Visit all 30 Major League Baseball stadiums. Go skydiving. Okay, so you know what you want to do in retirement, but do you know how to get there? Tune into Your Retirement Blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane of Accurate Solutions Group Saturdays at 10 a.m. to get answers to your retirement planning questions. Plan today so you can do the things you've always dreamt about doing in retirement. Listen every Saturday morning at 10 to Your Retirement Blueprint with Accurate Solutions Group. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. If you owe the IRS back taxes, then get ready to pay up. The IRS has giant private collection agencies actively tracking down folks who owe the IRS. So if you think dodging them was stressful in the past, it's going to get a whole lot tougher. Optima Tax Relief has this advice. Don't wait. Solve your tax problems now before it's too late. Optima Tax Relief works to stop the demand letters, stop the aggressive collection actions, and stop the IRS collectors from targeting you. Ask Optima about the Fresh Start Initiative, one of the biggest breaks the IRS has ever offered. If you qualify, you could save thousands, and nobody knows this program better than they do. Optima is A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau, and they get results, having resolved over a billion dollars of tax debt for their clients. Get a fresh start. Call today for your free consultation. Call 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. Tax Relief. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. Jerry Boer is back with us. He is the author of the new book, The Maker Versus the Takers, What Jesus Really Said About Social Justice. Enjoying our monthly visit with Jerry. Jerry, terrible 
terrible news from Afghanistan today. Um, last uh, I looked, it was 12 U.S. servicemen who've lost their lives today in uh, several suicide bombings. And uh, the conversation, obviously, for more than a week now has been, so what happened to American Afghanistan policy? You know, how do we go in? Why can't we figure out how to get out? I mean, there's got to be a better way. How do you see it? Well, I look at the uh, Book of Kings when Solomon becomes king. Um, at what he calls a young age. He says, I'm just a child. I mean, he wasn't really a child, but he was young. And he said to God, I'm just a child. I don't know how to go out and I don't know how to come in. Um, you know, give me wisdom. And it's interesting, his word for wisdom there is bana. So it's not chokmah. It's like discernment. It's kind of like prudence. Mm. Uh, so there's wisdom like, oh, I have wisdom. I commune, you know, I have mystical experiences or I have wisdom. I'm right on an issue. You're wrong. And I can beat you in a debate. That's that's not the kind of wisdom we're talking about. We're talking about the wisdom, like knowing what to do, you know, yeah. like being able to make like real world decisions. So yeah. he says, I need I need wisdom um, and so that I can you know govern or rule such a great people. And God gives that to him and he becomes the wisest man of his time. Um, I, I don't think our presidents have prayed that. Um, so what is Solomon praying for? He's praying to know when to go out and when to come in. That's technical language for military strategy and geopolitics. That's knowing when to go to battle and when to come back, back from battle. He, he was conceived. I mean, he's in the world. His, his mother, um, Bathsheba, uh, had a, a relationship with David because at the time of year when the kings go out, which means kings are going out to war. David didn't go out to war. So David didn't know when to go out uh, and when and how to come in. Um, so he didn't have that basic, you know, prudent wisdom. So Solomon, I think is, is so that's kind of like emblematic of what does a new ruler need to do? Well, you need to know when to have a war and when to get out of a war. Right. And I don't think we have that. I just don't see any evidence. So George W. Bush, who I supported, I, I was in the White House a lot. I talked to almost all of the major players in the administration. Um, they didn't know how to go out. And uh, they, they, they didn't uh, have prudence. They had this grand vision, which they originally called Operation Infinite Justice, which I think is a pretty blasphemous name. Mm -hmm. You know, the Operation Infinite Justice. So what are they going to do? Are they going to go down there, go and punish the Taliban and get Osama bin Laden? Oh, that's a just war by any reasonable criterion. Or are they going to remake a society into a democracy that's never had anything remotely like one, that has a religious philosophy that's inconsistent with individual liberty? And I would argue not only is that not, not knowing when to go out and come and come back in, knowing what wars can and cannot do. What can wars do? They can kill people. What else can wars do? They really can't do anything else. Wars can just kill people. Uh, so if you've got something to do other than killing people, you're going to need something other than a war, like missionary activity, um, you know, persuasion, et cetera. Economic so, investment. Economic investment, all those different things. So, you know, Afghanistan couldn't be what we wanted to be without converting, in my opinion. Um, but that wasn't on the agenda. And so we ended up with this utopian idea where American exceptionalism becomes a substitute for disciple the nations. Um, and of course, then it was terrible. And then Joe Biden comes along and doesn't Bush didn't know how to go in. Biden doesn't know how to come out. Um, so it certainly looks to me like he had a 9-11 deadline because of what a great photo op that would be. Right. Otherwise, I don't understand right. this poor planning. Mm -hmm. And so Kabul collapses dramatically, and it's really badly done. So you might say Bush was bad for getting us into it, or you might say Biden was bad for getting us out of it. 
or getting us out of it the wrong way. There's a whole lot of Republicans who said we can't be in Afghanistan forever. And now we're saying we should have stayed there. Um, you know, so I'm really confused. Whereas I want to go upstream and say the problem is we didn't disciple the nations. We used American military to try to substitute for that. That's not going to work out. And we didn't have a culture of prudence to know how to go out and when to come in, but instead a culture of ideology and grand conquest. And remember, this was first called a crusade, sure. um, yeah, right? So, yeah. you know, that we didn't go out. So we didn't have the wisdom to do something that would actually work. But what, so I go but, upstream and say we need yeah, wisdom. And I, I totally see that, Jerry, and agree with you. But, I, you know, the president of the United States can't be the one who's in charge or can't be leading the charge to disciple the nations. Right. I mean, that's not his role. Well, I, I think that kind of depends what you mean. I think it's perfectly all right for. Yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, um, we kind of did with Japan to some degree. We had a military occupation and we said, well, what they really need is Christianity. Um, and Douglas MacArthur said, hey, missionaries come to Japan. Um, and there was a transformation of that society, not a complete Christianization, but you actually had Christian elites uh, arise and you know they became elite groups in business i'm not saying we can bomb somebody into christianity but it really it is i think a christian president can say christ is the only solution i i would not object at all i don't think it would violate the first amendment if george bush had gone on tv to say um what afghanistan really needs is christianity now i can't impose that i can send soldiers to catch osama bin laden but i can't do a whole lot more than that Afghanistan needs to change. Now, we're, our, our culture is so far from that. And even Christians don't feel right. uh, comfortable saying that Jesus right. is Lord, right. you know, outside of Lord of my heart. So that would have been a lot to expect. But at least he could have said something like there are limits to what can be done with this culture. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then. Right. Yeah. No, you're right about that. So as you said in the last episode, Jer, um, you know, our influence waning here at 20 plus years in Afghanistan, our influence just flushed away. Where do we stand? I mean, is this just a wash and we're done there? Billions of dollars, thousands of lives and we're done. Well, we we could be done. I wouldn't rule it out, um, but I don't think it's fate because I don't think there is fate. Um, so, you know, when I when I look at um, I think maybe the most illustrative story about when a, a culture is done or not is the dialogue between uh, God and Abraham over the fate of Sodom and Gomorrah. Mm. So when is, when is, so, when are those when cities is Sodom done? Yeah. When is it done? So God's saying, I'm going there. It's done. I'm going to, going to destroy it. So Abraham negotiates with God. And so, they go, what's the, what's the negotiation? Well, you're God and you're supposed to be nice, so you should never destroy it. No, Abraham is not foolish. He knows that's not the case. He, I mean, what you have here is kind of at the crossroads of the ancient Near East, which is basically kind of the known world. You have a little rape town, not, not a, you have a little rape civilization yeah. there. People have to go through to trade, but someone might grab you and rape you. I mean, yeah, that can't go on. That's a horrible thing. That in some in some very real sense, that city should be destroyed. That shouldn't be allowed to continue to go on. So you can understand why God's saying enough already. Uh, but Abraham is a negotiation. And what's the negotiation? Comes down to this. If there are 10 righteous, I will spare the city. If there aren't, we, you know, otherwise God lied. There's a little less than 10. Um, but why 10 righteous? Why that number? Why not nine? Why not 11? Mm -hmm. Well, in Judaism, you have something called a minion. Right. If someone's having a funeral, they're sitting Shiva for someone who's dead. You'll see like eight Jews will go out 
of the apartment and say, are you a Jew? Yes. Oh, come here. We need you. We need to get to 10. We, we need to have an organized presence in order to read the, the Kaddish, right? So I, basically 10 is, a, 10 is a congregation. 10 is a synagogue. Hmm. So I think what's being said here, I'm trying to understand, you know, through all the various traditions, I think what's being said is, a city, you don't, I won't destroy a city if there is a congregation that is, if there is a public witness, if there is just um, Lot who's vexed, we're not going to change anything. Lot's just sitting there watching Fox News, uh, hell in a handbasket. Well, there's no hope, right? But if there, is an, or if there is an organized voice, even 10 people as an institutional presence who can be a prophetic presence, then something can be done. So I'd say we're done when we don't have that organized voice. Now, it could be 10, it might be 10 million, you know, but there has to be something, some voice that can be heard. Yeah. Otherwise, what's the point of punishment if there's no voice saying, this is why these terrible things are happening to us, but we can repent and change. But if the, if, so maybe there's 30, you know, whatever, 100 million Christians, but if the 100 million Christians are just giving an echo, like a partisan echo, well, that's Biden, he's demented, now, if that's our answer, honestly, if that's the if that's the big Christian answer, that Biden is too old and he has Alzheimer's and he's demented or whatever, and not, you know, Yahweh rules in the affairs of men and he takes a nation up and he pulls it down and we all need to repent and they are as but a drop in the bucket. Mm-hmm. And the reason these things have happened is because men have forgotten God. If nobody is saying that, then I'd say we're done. That's I. That's what I think the the moment of doneness is. Jerry, listen, that's a good word. Yeah, I appreciate that today. I do. I do. I was I was convicted by that. Stick around for. So you're part of that. Yeah. Yeah. See, so that's not despair. You're you're doing it every day. Every day you're doing that. You're. I mean, you're you're two, but there's thousands, tens of thousands. I haven't seen your Arbitron, but there's you've got a minion here. So I'd say we're not done, but may your minion expand. Thank you so much. All right. Uh, May your minion expand as well. <laughs> Jerry, stick around, <laughs> would you please? Be, because you're, you're on a roll here, when you yeah. come back, would you mind uh, opining about Christians and masks? Oh, God. We've got three oh, minutes. That's... Can you Give opine? Me the easy ones. We are three lining minutes. you up. Another Jerry. easy one. Oh. Oh, Eight ball in the corner pocket. That's straight ahead on the ride home. Sharing one car with her mom while supporting two households in a pandemic just wasn't working out. But thanks to the Lighthouse Foundation's Car Connection Program, this healthcare worker found safe, reliable transportation that meant less time on the road, a full night's sleep, and more income for her family. It's just one of the many programs you support when you sponsor their annual fundraiser gala September 24th. Bring hope to those in the most need throughout Butler and northern Allegheny counties. Become a sponsor today at thelighthousepa.org. Research shows that people remember radio ads with a booming voice that emphasizes all the main points. So to help you remember that Liberty Mutual Insurance Company customizes your home insurance so you only pay for what you need. That part is super important. Here's one with a booming voice. I'm emphasizing everything. Liberty Mutual customizes your home insurance. Like a page with every word highlighted. Only pay for what you need at LibertyMutual.com. Liberty, 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 Liberty. Liberty, 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 Liberty. As you know, Mike Lindell has a passion to help everybody get the best sleep of their lives. And he didn't stop by simply creating the best pillow. Mike created the Giza Dream Bed 
sheets. They look and feel great, which means an even better night's sleep. Mike found the world's best cotton called Giza. It's ultra soft and breathable, but extremely durable. Mike's Giza sheets come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. The first night that you sleep on the Giza sheets, you'll never want to sleep on anything else. Giza Dream Sheets come in a variety of sizes and colors, and Mike's latest incredible deal is the sale of the year. For a limited time, you receive 50% off the Giza Dream Sheets. You receive a set for as low as $49.99. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, use promo code WORD. There you'll find not only this amazing offer, but also deep discounts on MyPillow products, including the MyPillow mattress stopper and much more. Call one 800 3910954 use the promo code word 1-800-391-0954 promo code word what is an integrated curriculum for the teachers at jubilee christian school in mount lebanon their award-winning approaches like a wheel where subjects like science math and language arts are the spokes but at the center god is the hub holding it all together and through hands-on learning monthly field experiences the all school unit and more kids develop a passion for learning and faith in a way that's really cool schedule a private tour today jubilee christian school k through sixth grade imagine believe achieve at jubileecs.org this is pastor tom hall of first presbyterian church of pittsburgh maybe you've missed church because of the pandemic maybe it's been years since you've come or maybe you've never darkened a church door but maybe it's time to discover god's love god's truth god's purpose for your life Join us at First Presbyterian Church, 326th Avenue, downtown Pittsburgh, Sunday mornings at 1045 or online at fpcp.org. You are welcome here. Our last few minutes with Jerry Boyer. Last few minutes. Okay, Jerry, so earlier you were talking about Christians and washing our hands of the world. And then later on we talk about the, the going in and the going out and Christians in the world with war. And, our, and our, our waning influence and how we've just shoot ourselves in the foot. And now the conversation and Christians and the whole mask controversy. Uh, again, that's just another example of our, our, of our confusion and how the infighting with each other spoils our witness in the world. And masks, yeah. I believe, is the latest thing of this. It's a mess. Yeah. So I, I kind of see two major issues here. One is I'm seeing Christians who are out there defying mask mandates and then videoing themselves when they get arrested um, to try to make that um, kind of an act of religious persecution to portray it as an act of religious persecution. I I think that's foolish to be honest with you. Uh, So to paraphrase, you know, Matthew five, if someone slaps a mask onto your right cheek, turn to him, the left one also um, that, you know, defying these, petty government mandates is not the biblical standard. And and I'm not really forcing this. Um, Jesus was dealing with government action, the slapping of the face, the forcing to carry a pack. These were things that Roman soldiers would do as occupying forces. So Jesus is not giving sort of Gandhi mystical pacifist advice. He's giving Galilean peasant wisdom because Galilee had gotten kicked around a lot more than Judea. They had all sorts of occupying forces. And it's basically like, yeah, they're doing all sorts of things that they shouldn't do, but you're not going to get anywhere by punching them back. What you do is, you, all right, sure, you, you can have the other side. You can, uh, I'll carry the pack. In fact, I'll carry it two miles. I'm going to talk to you about God. So what you do is you take the indignity. You don't pretend that it's right, because I'm not really wild about these mask mandates. Who is, um, right? Yeah. Yeah, right. I mean, and they seem to be overreach, you know, in yep. terms of individual human rights, but that's got nothing to do with engaging in like ostentatious defiance, 
you know, for like religious status or fame, you know, to go viral so that then you can have a following, you know, or something like that. So I think what we need to do is we submit to that. You submit to everything except I order you to violate the, the law of God. So when do you see the apostles disobey? When the authorities say don't preach the gospel. But they obey all sorts of other things where the authorities go beyond um, their breach. So I think that's another. Upstream from that, if the Christians had been the community of wisdom and prudence that we're supposed to be, we could be a guide to the culture about when masks make sense, what's honest, what does the data say, what's the truth. Instead, once again, we're following the existing factions. All right, got to stop you there. That's Jerry Boyer, host of the new podcast, Meeting of the Minds, author of The Maker versus the Takers, what Jesus really said about social justice and economics. Jerry, we love you. Thanks so much for spending this hour with us. My pleasure, always. Meeting of Minds, check it out, podcasts. Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker too. Plus iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. Americans are reportedly among the dead following twin suicide attacks on Kabul Airport. Correspondent Ben Thomas has the update in this report. Speaking on condition of anonymity to discuss ongoing military operations, a U.S. official says several Marines were killed and a number of other American military members wounded in the attack. In the waning days of the airlift, the attacks transformed the scene outside Kabul's airport from one of desperation into one of horror as people attended to the wounded. One of the bombers struck people standing knee-deep in a wastewater canal. U.S. officials say information is still coming in, and they're trying to determine exact numbers of casualties. Russia's foreign ministry gave the first official count, putting the number killed at 13, with 15 wounded. Ben Thomas, Washington. This is SRN News. We call him Willy Wonka. He's a chocolate lab. His belly itched, and he would actually lay in the grass and scoot across it to scratch. And Sheba, his sister... She scratched at her ears real bad, and she shook her head so much, she wound up with cauliflower ears. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Dynavite is nutrition. When we uh, first got the Dynavite, they cleaned the bowls up real good. Her ears, they're a whole lot better. Wonka, his belly, it's all really cleaned up. He uh, flops over and lays on his back and just kicks his legs, and I call it his happy dance. They look good and even smell good in between baths. You should give your dogs Dynavite before something happens. And that's kind of like preventative maintenance. Dynavite for life. It makes them healthier and happier. You won't believe how happy your dog will be. And your dogs will love it just like mine do. It only makes sense that since God is the almighty creator of all things, he also upholds and governs all the creatures of his hand. Everything in this world, therefore, is under his sovereign control. The unbeliever, of course, does not like to hear this. David writes in Psalm 14 that the wicked man claims there is no God. In Psalm 2, David again points out that the wicked of this world always attempt to break out from under God's rule. But God sits in the heavens and laughs at this puny attempt of the wicked who are under his divine control. In Psalm 113, we learn that our God is in the heavens and does whatever pleases him. God alone is creator. All else are creatures under his command. 
I'm Pastor Bill Brightsma of the Pittsburgh Protestant Reformed Church in Forest Hills. For information about us, check out prcpittsburgh.org or call 412-727-6811. Preaching the kingdom of God and teaching those things that concern the Lord Jesus Christ. If you can fix the big stuff, you can fix the small stuff. For over 100 years, QDOT has fixed big mechanical systems for the commercial industry, from hospitals and factories to churches and schools. You deserve to be treated fairly when it comes to your home's HVAC system. QDOT can solve any mechanical challenge, big or small. For affordable repairs, replacement, and maintenance, QDOT answers 24-7-365. And your safety is their top priority. Call 412-366-6200 at q-dot.com. Trip to Europe. Visit all 30 Major League Baseball stadiums. Go skydiving. Okay, so you know what you want to do in retirement, but do you know how to get there? Tune into Your Retirement Blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane of Accurate Solutions Group Saturdays at 10 a.m. to get answers to your retirement planning questions. Plan today so you can do the things you've always dreamt about doing in retirement. Listen every Saturday morning at 10 to Your Retirement Blueprint with Accurate Solutions Group. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. We'll see a thunderstorm in spots this evening. Otherwise, mostly cloudy skies, warm and humid with a low of 69. Humid tomorrow with times of clouds and sunshine. A thunderstorm in the afternoon. We'll see a high tomorrow of 85. Saturday, variable cloudiness with a thunderstorm in parts of the area. It'll be warm and humid with a high of 84. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. It's Thursday. Feels good, doesn't it? Is it rainy out there yet? I don't think so. Okay. I think it's going to be clear tonight and then rain for several days. Very nice. Lovely. So, have you seen the story about, uh, you remember the uh, Nirvana album, uh, Nevermind? Sure. With uh, the little naked baby, baby. underwater. Right, and the dollar bill, right? Right, mm-hmm. and the baby's, you know, just swimming towards it. I mean, mm-hmm. it was an iconic image. As soon as you see, it's something right. like you see that image, you think, you'll never forget that, right? It helped to sell. I'm not sure if it helped sell, but, you know, that image alone made the album so famous. Nirvana sold 30 million albums wow. of that album. Now, the the baby on that, uh, now that was a long Is there, time ago. now 30 years old. Yeah. The baby's a long time. Spencer Eldon is his name. So, uh, and he's mad. He is mad. Over the years, he, Spencer Eldon, the baby, now a man in that photograph, sort of had a measure of fame, notoriety. You know, he would uh, he would do photo shoots of himself, not naked, thankfully, in a bathing suit, holding the album cover. Right? You know, the tenth anniversary, the twentieth anniversary, and whatnot. Now, word comes out this week that Spencer Elder, the man, is suing all the members of Nirvana. Individually. For $150,000 each. The community, the photographer himself. Now, his parents knew the photographer involved in the, sh- in the photo shoot. And the photo- photographer said to the father, hey, um, bring your kid to the pool tomorrow. Uh, I'll give you 200 bucks." And apparently, Spencer was not the only baby in that pool. But all the babies were photographed, and Spencer, that photograph, was chosen. The parents got 200 bucks and never thought about it anymore until the 
iconic photograph hit the world. And now... And nobody thought about it then either. Then it was a great thing because he was famous. Right. Now, though, Spencer Elder says, hold on. I've been thinking about this. I've been in therapy about this. And I believe this is child pornography and this is wrong. And I'm coming after you. He says that the ban violated federal child pornography laws, and he claims his parents never signed a release allowing Nirvana to use the photo. Which I'm, it sounds like it was pretty loose, right? Loosey goosey. No I'm, model release. Yeah. He alleges that his identity and legal name are forever tied to the commercial sexual exploitation he experienced as a minor, which has been distributed and sold world, worldwide from the time he was a baby to the present day. Now, I, his identity and legal name were unknown to me until this lawsuit came out. So the lawsuit has done more to drag his name into it than the photograph on the album cover. Ever well, did. I'm sure in the circles that he lives in, right, claiming some sort of notoriety from that album, people, you know, would know him and go, oh, there's Spencer, that guy, that baby, right? Don't you think? Even though the Maybe common... in his in his circle of friends, yeah. but certainly not the average person or the average Nirvana fan would have no idea who he is. I would think the is. average Nirvana fan would. Knows, were... knows his name. Probably. Yeah, I would think so. If you have to be pretty deep. You have to be... Well, if Nirvana's one of your top groups, then you would know okay. that, right? Okay, But neither here nor there, really, you know, the, the matter. I guess the, the matter is really, is that image, when you see that image today, the little naked boy, and, you know, there you see his little naked penis, mm -hmm. is that child pornography? I don't... I, I mean, I... That doesn't look... It what do I... It doesn't... I don't think it meets the definition of child pornography. No, it, I don't think it does either. Here's the thing. If if this would have been a big issue in Spencer Eldon's life from the time it happened until now, and he was protesting it the whole time, then I would have a little bit more understanding of the case. To me, it seems like he loved the attention until recently when he decided he could get more attention doing something else. Does that seem like – I mean – I guess you could you could color it that way. Yeah, you could. Does it look like a, a cash grab? In some ways, it does. But at the same time, okay, it, it's also saying here. Let me. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but this says in the lawsuit here, um, Eldon's suit also. And where am I? This is from CBS News. Eldon's suit also alleges that defendants used child pornography depicting Spencer as an essential element of a record promotion scheme. Yeah commonly utilized in the music industry to get attention. Well, that's true. That's what an album cover sure. is, right? right? Wherein album covers posed children in a sexually provocative manner to gain notoriety, drive sales, and garner media attention and critical reviews. There's nothing about that photograph that looks like that's in a sexually, sexually provocative. No. no. No, there isn't. Although, I would imagine, again, back to that circle of, you know, Spencer Eldon's life, that's who he defines himself as, the little naked baby. So he goes for a job interview or he, you know, meets a woman, you know, and starts to date someone. That that comes up almost immediately. Would you not believe so? That's the center, one of the center points, the pillars of his life. Probably. Oh, yeah. So I he, mean, listen, if you were, if your image, if your baby picture is Nirvana, was on the cover of any album of any mega group. That would be a defining thing in your life. Yeah. You know, I mean, however, you mentioned this before, that he recreated the iconic photo several Multiple times. times. Multiple so once times. in 2018, when he was 17, 
And then again in 2016, when he marked the album's 25th anniversary, he wore shorts for both of the shoots. Okay, so if he's recreating the image himself, he's claiming how, ownership of it. Really? Then how, doesn't feel victimized. How troubled was he by it? All of a sudden, now he's troubled by it, and he's suing 17 defendants, which include the former members of Nirvana, various record companies, art directors, and others, $150,000 each. I would imagine. It's a cash grab. In some ways, that the, the suit will be settled out of court. And he'll get all the cash. And that'll be done. Don't you th- agree? I mean, it just seems as if he was looking for cash. He could have just said, hey, you know what, you guys? I've been thinking. And well, I'm not I'm saying. Well, I'm sure they weren't going to be forthcoming with that after the fact. Do you think? No How one's much all- money willingly- has Nirvana made? It uh, doesn't matter. No one's going to willingly open up their pocketbook and say, ah, oh, you were a little baby. Well, we'll- you know we'll what, you- though? I don't want to look at it that way. I would like to think that people would be decent and say, you know what? You're right. We paid your parents $200 for that. Right. We sold 30 million copies of that album. You know, you deserve some money. So. No, I don't think so. Well, at least you should try. <laughs> I mean, that has to be the way you start. Okay, so look, we grew, we be, grew up with that album cover. Yeah. We know that. Christy, you know that. Here's Christy. Cover? No, you don't know the album cover at all. No. Do you know the band? I know the band. Okay, but you don't know the cover. No. So again, I, you know, well, thirty million people know the cover, and they purchased it. Yeah. Uh, Times have changed. Have not times changed? Uh, Yes, times have changed. And I'm not saying I don't feel like he deserves some compensation. I'm just saying I feel like the way he's going about it is horrible because he's he's basically trying to monetize our society's concern with child pornography. Yes. I don't feel – I have no sympathy for the guy. No, because I don't think – that's like – that's barely forgivable. But – in this day and age, that image would never make its way to the marketplace, ever. Right. That time is okay. over for whatever yeah, reason. Yeah, okay, but it wasn't – it's not from now. Well, there's a lot of things that are not from now right. that we are I discussing. Mean, okay, so that, well, that's a good point. That's a good point. So, right, that was then, this was now, you draw a line in the sand, okay. whether it's you know racial justice or whatnot. Okay, so, okay, so may, I mean, they've already sold their 30 million copies. So maybe, I mean, I just feel like if there was a negotiation to be made, if this was really bothersome to him, then he could have retained some legal counsel and said, hey, I'd, he like, has. I'd like to talk. Okay, but not for suing them. I'd like to talk to the band. He may I'd have. Like to we say, don't know the backstory. We don't know. But you'd think if that was the case, that would have made it into one of the kajillion well, stories about this. Maybe so, right? I think when you, all of a sudden you bring lawyers to the table, people's attitudes change pretty True. quick. True. So you're going to come to the table and go, wait a second, I'm not going to give you 150, but maybe I'll give you a 75. So 75 from 17 people, then you basically set for life. Yeah, no kidding. Right. That's all that is. I think the, the greater issue is what is child pornography? No, I don't think that's the issue. To me, it is. Okay. In this day and age, what was then oh, yeah. okay. was deemed as something maybe cute or innocent or uh, it's an arresting image. There's a naked baby in the water. I mean, there are naked babies all over cultural history. Yes. Right? In, but not, in, I believe. In sculpture, in photograph, in painting, in you name it. Now it would come with a disclaimer. Right? Things have changed. That's just how it is. Anyway, that's where we are in this world. We'll take a quick break. Come back. When we do come back, Joshua Swamidas is with us. And we're going to talk about uh, how should Christians understand the Adam and Eve story in Genesis. There's a non-controversial subject. Yeah, I don't think this will bother anybody. Okay. Call your lawyer. (laughs) That's next on The Ride Home.
W-O-R-D. Moms are the most influential people on the planet. For years, you've trusted Focus on the Family. Now you have the chance to experience it in person. Enter the Focus on the Family VIP experience. We'll fly you and three others to Focus on the Family headquarters, where you'll stay at Great Wolf Lodge in Colorado Springs and sit in on an actual Focus on the Family program. Enter once per day and complete bonus tasks to increase your chances of winning. The Focus on the Family VIP experience. Register to win at wordfm.com slash focus. I'm a North Hills girl, and I'm proud to serve that community that I've grown up with. Stock Family Dentistry's Dr. Megan Stock. Nobody in my family was a dentist. It was kind of this innate thing planted in my heart since about first grade. And so God leading me down this path, it's been incredible to not only see my passion come to life, but to be able to do it at home is incredible. Exceptional dentistry, compassionate care. Stock Family Dentistry. Perry Highway in Wexford. Visit StockFamilyDentistry.com. It's finally time to replace that old leaky roof. Or how about some new siding? You can count on Windows or Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows or Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, windows, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew. Maybe you've lost siding during the recent windstorms. Don't put those repairs off. Windows or Us offers 12 months, no interest for financing, and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Want new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office? Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial aluminum, wood, and composite. And how would you like to never clean your gutters again? For a limited time, get a free gutter filter with the purchase of complete siding and roof replacement, offer valid through 831.21. All with 12 months, no interest, no processing fee, and backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at windowsrspittsburgh.com. That is windowsoruspittsburgh.com. Oh, whale! Guys, whale! Wow, whale. Oh, that's a big whale. Um, okay. Whale, whale, whale. Oh, no! Whale! The tides can turn quick on the water. Progressive's boat insurance has you covered. Get a quote today in as little as three minutes at progressive.com. Well, at least it wasn't a shark, am I right? <laughs> Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Research shows that people remember radio ads with British accents. So to help you remember that Liberty Mutual Insurance Company customizes your home insurance so you only pay for what you need, take it from a Brit. Oi, balmy insurance bloke stutching dosh out your pocket. It's balmy. Liberty Mutual won't leave your skin, mate. Uh, can you just say Liberty Mutual customizes your home insurance so you only pay for what you need? I think that's what I said, you blooming. Only pay for what you need at LibertyMutual.com. Well, when you're talking about controversial issues inside the church, you know, for people who are, you know, just landed on our station and you're not a Christian, haven't spent time in church, whatever. First of all, really happy you're here. Um, Second of all, you know, as in any small group setting, the small group members tend to fight over things. Right. That's what it is. And the, the church is no different. So Christians tend to take positions on different things and they feel very, very strongly about them. And yes. so there, you know, fights go on and on. So whether you're talking about baptism or you're talking about salvation or the Trinity, heaven and, or the Trinity, or heaven and hell, whatever it is, mm-hmm. Christians have fought about um, these things for a long time. Well, for the past 60 or 70 years, one of the things that Christians have been fighting over is the idea of, not the idea of, but the method of creation 
um, how where our origins are from and what the initial creation story in Genesis tells us. There's a group of Christians that think that it's exactly as Genesis tells it in a literal form. So we've got six 24-hour days of creation happened like that. And so Earth's history that, you know, biologists claim is thousands and tens of thousands and millions of years. That's not the case. It's actually just miscalculated. It's only several thousand years. Two sides, very contentious. Right. And then the other side says, well, no, wait a minute. You know, the scientific community is telling us something. We don't have to disregard that. Um, The biblical story doesn't have to be, you know, thrown out with the bathwater. Perhaps it's that we don't understand exactly what the biblical story is telling us. Well, anyway, as we were entering into these conversations and as we have entered into them over the last, I don't know, 10 or so years, we met S. Joshua Swamidas. He's been a good friend of the program. He uh, wrote a book called The Genealogical Adam and Eve, The Surprising Science of Universal Ancestry. And he's a scientist, physician, and associate professor of laboratory and genomic medicine at Washington University in St. Louis. Dr. Swamidas, welcome back. Yeah, great to be back. Yeah, yeah, Sam. Are you there, Josh? Yeah, yeah, I'm in. Okay, great. We we just cut you off. (laughs) Okay, so yeah, yeah. yeah, so start us off for people who aren't familiar with you or your perspective. um, Talk about how you decided to investigate this and kind of what your point of view is. Well, you know, I'm like a lot of Christians that go into the sciences. Is that you know, you kind of learn one thing at church and when you read scripture, and it seems like you get something totally different when you uh, go to science class. And, you know, I, I ended up going to graduate school and becoming a professor, so I started to see the evidence myself, too. And it just really seemed like these things were in conflict so many times. And, you know, there's been a real conflict even between people that comes out of this. I mean, it, it's often an internal conflict, but then often people end up fighting in public about this as well, right? And um, I was just trying to make sense of it, to really understand really what is it that Scripture says and really is it, what is it that science says. And, you know, I came to understand that actually you could really understand um, really Genesis in a very literal way alongside even evolutionary science. But um, that, that wasn't the whole story. I mean, when you think about what Adam and Eve is, too, it is really not just those people in the past. It's like the big conversations that we've been having around them, you know, for the last, I don't know how many years <laughs> we've been talking about Adam and Eve, right? United States, it's, it's been a big deal uh, for at least 150 years. Right. And, and that, that conversation is a place uh, where there's just a lot of diversity. People think about it in different ways. There's a lot of disagreement. It can be ugly at times. And I think Adam and Eve, if you think about it that way, they're, they're a place where we really can start to learn how to understand one another and how to love one another even when we disagree. Right. So, Josh, I wonder, though, Adam and Eve and the Genesis story, is it a salvation issue? I mean, if, if I believe one way about the, the Adam and Eve story and you believe another, does that mean somehow we'll not see each other in heaven? Well, so some people get really close to saying that sort of stuff, right? That's how heated it's gotten. I think... One thing should be very clear when you read Scripture is that it talks about the second Adam being far more important than the the first Adam. The second Adam is Jesus. You know, know, we're supposed to confess um, with our lips and believe in our hearts that Jesus rose from the dead. It doesn't really say anything about confession about Adam. Yeah, good point. (laughs) Good point. Yeah. And so I, I just think that, that that's one of the big distortions. I mean, it, the gospel is that Jesus 
died and rose again, right? And according to scriptures, and we know that. And, and you know, it's funny because some people really struggle with this. So, and it's worth, I mean, listening and understanding why they struggle with it, with what I'm saying right now about Jesus really being the center. You know, part of it is sometimes I wonder if they're kind of confusing what comes first in the Bible for what's most important. What's most important is what Adam points to, which is, which is Jesus, right? It's not, it's not really what comes first that's most important. But, um, you know, part of it, too, I think, is that there's just, a lot of stuff wrapped up in how we think about Scripture and the Bible and all the politics of our moment and science and and all of that. Sometimes we, we can just let that go and trust that, you know, even if we can't make sense of it all, even if we don't know how to interpret every Bible passage right from the get-go, or maybe even ever in the exactly correct way, Maybe maybe Jesus still rose from the dead. Maybe he's still good. He's still worth following. And maybe that is actually what we're called to, and that's enough. Yeah, Josh. Yeah. So that's a that's a that's a mature believer's perspective on um, not just this issue, but a lot of ones that divide us. Um, so you know, in that spirit, and that's the thing that we've always appreciated so much about you is that that's your perspective, even just you know, base level going into the conversation. So let, let's go to the, to the next level of, um, of, of how like the average person I think would have discussion about this. So if you are um, a scientist, as you are yourself, you're looking at scientific evidence and you're seeing that, you know, humankind is X number of thousands of years old. Um, and, and you're looking at the age of the earth as being millions of years old. Um, People who believe in a six-day literal 24-hour creation, or tw- I'm sorry, six 24-hour day creation, looks at that and says, okay, so if I don't believe that it's literally six 24-hour days, then regardless of what science is telling me, then I'm just saying I don't believe the Bible. What do you say to that? I'd say that that's, that, that's really, that's a really interesting idea that don't really fit anywhere in Christianity until very, very recently. <laughs> um, that's just not Orthodox Christianity. I mean, we can talk about how you came to that. I can learn more about it, but that's not actually what, what the Bible teaches. It doesn't teach that that sort of rigid interpretation is critical. Um, it, it, it just doesn't. Um, and, you know, if you actually start learning about Hebrew and the text and just all cultures, you start to understand that, 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 that there's a lot of things in that interpretation that just don't you know, it's not even about the conflict with science. It's in conflict with what Scripture says. A great example of that you mentioned is, is the word earth. You said, you know, God created the earth. Well, the word earth doesn't actually appear in Genesis. The word is a rat. It's a Hebrew word, right? And that's a Hebrew word from, you know, thousands of years ago, before the people who were writing it even knew that the earth was a globe. So when they say earth, they're not saying the planet Earth, with the capital E, like we understand it, the term Earth means a lot closer to something like dirt in a particular area. Mm. It's like it's like saying the land. Okay. They're saying they're saying God created the land. Um, is what it's saying. It's not saying God created the planet Earth. So you know, if you actually read it literally, you can't come away with that that picture of God creating the planet Earth. <laughs> and there's things like that throughout throughout Genesis where we're just kind of taking our view as modern scientific people with all of our knowledge. Um, which is valuable on some extent, but that wasn't really what 
scripture was talking about. It wasn't telling us about DNA. It wasn't telling us that we're on a planet. Um, everyone who wrote and wrote the Bible at the time thought that the sun revolved around the earth, not that the, that the earth spun, and that's what gave that, gave rise to that. They all thought that, that the earth was stationary. And Jesus, when he came here, never corrected them. I mean, I, I think Jesus, Jesus created all things. He knows, right? <laughs> he didn't correct everyone and say, well, you know, when By you say way. sunrise, yeah, when you say sunrise, it's not really the sunrise. It's really the earth rotating. And he didn't give them that science lesson, right? Right, right. So, and, then, so then, Josh, then what you're saying is whether it's a scientist like yourself, a medical doctor looking at the scripture, or someone, say, who's a, um, a poet, someone invested in, you know, the beauty of the word. I mean, you can find, even though there are very different um, uh, academic exercises, you can still find the truth of the gospel within that. Yeah, and I think historically there's been a lot of really interesting debate and conversation and diversity of views on Genesis, and I think that's part of the fun of being in the church, is that we get to explore all of that and to kind of hold up different views of it and make sense of it all together. Um, not not by, you know, <laughs> you coming down hard to pick the one thing by fiat that everyone must agree to, but by actually trusting that the Holy Spirit will guide the people that follow Jesus as they read Scripture and as they get more information and they learn together. Well, I'll tell you, I would like to be in the place where that's fun. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where that conversation could happen in a lighthearted, <laughs> winsome way. Josh, it's one of the reasons why we like you, and we appreciate your uh, contribution to the show. So thanks for being here today. Always good, Josh. Uh, yeah, Joshua Swami Das, his work is called The Genealogical Adam and Eve, The Surprising Science of Universal Ancestry. Uh, Joshua Swami Das, thanks again. We'll take a break, come back. Does this make sense? Does this make sense? That's next here on The Ride Home. Turkey and stuffing, real mashed potatoes, sliced top round, Aunt Emma's broccoli casserole, chicken and gravy over buttermilk biscuits. Am I making you hungry yet? Hi, it's me, Marsha, from The Spring House. You have a special event coming up in your life, a shower, a wedding, graduation party, company party, anniversary event, or any occasion where you'd love to serve all-natural, farm-fresh foods, then it's time to give the Springhouse Catering Department a call at 724-228-3339. From your first conversation with Dawn, who will help you create a menu that's unique to you, to the beautiful, bounteous setup and display that my sister Jill and her crew create, you will be delighted. After every catering event, Jill tells our cooks, I wish I could take you with me so you could hear all the wonderful comments guests give us. Give us a call at 724-228-3339 or check out our extensive menu at springhousemarket.com for farm-fresh catering from the Springhouse. A local bus driver, a mom, a dad, a 70-year-old tearfully sharing a need. All of them grateful for the Lighthouse's food pantry. Just one of the many programs you can support through the Lighthouse Foundation's annual fundraiser gala September 24th. Now is the time to become a sponsor, auction an item, or provide a centerpiece. Your support will help those most in need throughout Butler and northern Allegheny counties over the coming year. Do it today. Become a sponsor. Visit thelighthousepa.org. Did you know that Big Lou can vaccinate your entire estate from the virus known as Uncle Sam? 
That's right. Big Lou and Term Provider have the only single-dose solution in town, a $1 million term life insurance policy. Yep, a $1 million term life insurance policy with no side effects. One call to Big Lou can lead to an entire estate vaccination that will provide 100% guaranteed protection against estate taxes and debt, even if you are a bit porky or have a splash of sugar diabetes. In fact, a 50-year-old male may qualify for half a million dollars of coverage for less than 100 bucks per month. A million for less than 200 per month. Call Big Lou at Term Provider to get the service and price you deserve with zero side effects. Call 800-555-2085 right now. 800-555-2085. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He follows the science, too. Call 800-555-2085 or visit BigLou.com. Big Lou doesn't give tax advice. Why doing it right, roofing, siding, and remodeling? As an Owens Corning Roofing Platinum preferred contractor, it's simple. It's in their name. They're doing it right, and it's what you'd expect as a homeowner and what they intend to deliver. Call 724-NEW-ROOF. Want it done right? Call doing it right. We are everywhere. On your radio at 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh at wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. We'll see a thunderstorm in spots this evening. Otherwise, mostly cloudy skies, warm and humid with a low of 69. Humid tomorrow with times of clouds and sunshine. A thunderstorm in the afternoon. We'll see a high tomorrow of 85. Saturday, variable cloudiness with a thunderstorm in parts of the area. It'll be warm and humid with a high of 84. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. This makes sense. Does what make sense? The buffet. Last night we're aboard the Gateway uh, Princess with 200 of our closest friends. Word FM date night. There was a buffet, and I was sitting there, you know, watching the people go up. And I thought, well, this is curious. If you just take a step back, this cultural thing that we've decided to do, does it make sense? Well, pre-COVID, I would have said, yeah. However, I'm at the buffet last night, right behind you, and you touch the tongs. I touch the tongs. We both kind of dug around in there, <laughs> pulled out what we wanted, and then I passed the tongs to the person behind me. It's a lot of touching of the tongs. <laughs> it's, it's not like you're laying on hands. <laughs> the touching of the tongs, totally different. I was surprised to see the buffet, quite honestly. I thought the buffet was going to go the mm-hmm. way of, you know, the Model T. Mm-hmm. But there it is. So it tells you something about the importance of the buffet. It's in, staying power. Uh, in, in social circles. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're not going to have a kitchen where they're going to do individual plated meals. So does They it, need the buffet. Does it make sense? Well, it was pretty good. <laughs> Wasn't it? That was good food last night. I, I enjoyed my meal. Did you not? I did. So I'm not going to actively seek out the buffet. Okay. But when it arises, yeah, it makes sense. I enjoy it. Yeah. You know what? It's egalitarian. Yeah. It's community-based. Yeah. We pass the tongs. But it's dirty. Yeah. It is a dirty it is little thing. It is kind of dirty. Right? It is kind of dirty. But there's something about the communal element of it Yeah. that well, gives me a sense of satisfaction. Well, COVID's communal, too. And look what happens there. Okay. Just saying. Okay. All right. The buffet. It makes sense with a caveat, I'd say. 
Does this make sense? Artificial sweeteners. Stevia. Oh, sorbitol. All that, right? Your Diet Coke or... Stevia's not artificial, though. Stevia's natural. All right. <laughs> Aspartame. Saccharin. I, I use Stevia. I put it in my coffee. I think it's gross. I don't think it is gross. I think it's better it's than disgusting. sugar. Disgusting. It's better than sugar. Okay, good. That's great. I'm glad. It's, well, why do you think it's disgusting? It's the worst taste it's, ever. No, it's not. I'd rather eat a lot. No, no, anything no, 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 than no. stevia. Uh, listen, I, I don't want to be having the you know the little sugar thing in me. So With I'm the trying, little sugar thing. Trying to avoid that. Okay. All right. So are you asking about stevia? Are you I'll, asking about artificial? Well, sweeteners? I'm asking you. Okay. Yeah. Right. The delineation. Okay. Non-sugar al- sugar alternatives? Yes. Do sugar Does alternatives make sense? make sense? Well, no, because they taste horrible. No, they make sense. <laughs> because then you're not doing they the sugar taste thing. bad. They don't taste that bad. They do. No, no, no. It's I'd a minor adjustment. It. I'd just rather do without it. I'll see you in the buffet. 101.5 WORD. Pittsburgh's favorite Christian music is here on the weekend. With the best new music. New, new music. Come what may, new music from We Are Messengers. Rest in the arms of Jesus, come what may. Relate from For King and Country. Can you, can you relate? And Scars in Heaven by Casting Crown. The only scars in heaven. Best new music and Pittsburgh's favorites. Sponsored by Trinity Jewelers. 101.5 WORD. On the weekend. If a trip to Israel has been on your bucket list, there may never be a better time and there may never be a better tour. Imagine Tours and Travel invites you to walk in the footsteps of Jesus over 10 unforgettable days this January. Demand for travel is on the rise with cost expected to increase 30% by March, making January the perfect time to visit Israel when tourist crowds are light. Featuring 52 historic sites, your Imagine Tours vacation is the most comprehensive, most affordable tour of its kind. Imagine staying in four-star accommodations while enjoying unlimited breakfast and dinner buffets of delectable Middle Eastern food. Imagine spending less time in line waiting to see the sites you've dreamed of all your life and more time actually seeing them. Imagine departing Pittsburgh January 10th on an adventure you'll never forget. Now is the time. This is the tour. Registration deadline September 14th. For details, visit pgh22.com. Imagine tours and travel. Everything you imagined it would be at pgh22.com. As you know, Mike Lindell has a passion to help everybody get the best sleep of their lives. And he didn't stop by simply creating the best pillow. Mike created the Giza Dream Bed Sheets. They look and feel great, which means an even better night's sleep. Mike found the world's best cotton called Giza. It's ultra soft and breathable, but extremely durable. Mike's Giza Sheets come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. The first night that you sleep on the Giza Sheets, you'll never want to sleep on anything else. Giza Dream Sheets come in a variety of sizes and colors, and Mike's latest incredible deal is the sale of the year. For a limited time, you receive 50% off the Giza Dream Sheets. You receive a set for as low as $49.99. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, use promo code WORD. There you'll find not only this amazing offer, but also deep discounts on MyPillow products, including the MyPillow mattress stopper and much more. Call one 800 391-0954. Use the promo code WORD. 1-800-391-0954. Promo code WORD. Trip to Europe. Visit all 30 Major League Baseball stadiums. Go skydiving. Okay, so you know what you want to do in retirement, but do you know how to get there? Tune in to Your Retirement Blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane of Accurate Solutions Group Saturdays at 10 a.m. to get answers to your retirement planning questions. Plan today so you can do the things you've always dreamt about doing in retirement. 
Listen every Saturday morning at 10 to Your Retirement Blueprint with Accurate Solutions Group. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. Well, masks. Oh, gosh. Booster shots. I thought, I really thought, you know, at this point we'd be over this. Mm -hmm. But here we are. Dr. Rick Zimmerman is back with us. Dr. Zimmerman is a COVID-19 researcher collaborating with the Centers for Disease Control here in the city of Pittsburgh. Dr. Zimmerman clinically tests and treats coronavirus patients. He has decades-plus experience with an infectious disease epidemiologist. And Rick, welcome back to the show. How are you today? Oh, I'm all right. And yes, I was hoping that we wouldn't be having this conversation as well. What's... uh, a, uh, shall we say, unpleasant, uh, perhaps nightmare would be the word of Delta. It really has changed the calculus. Um, the cases in the county positivity uh, from being down at 1% is up to 5%. We've got mostly Delta in this region. Indeed, the U.S. has mostly Delta. Um, what is different about Delta is is I've got to do a little quick background to what we call in the virus realm the reproductive number. And in you have flu, the reproductive number might be 1.5, meaning if you have flu, then you are likely to infect one and a half other people. And obviously nobody does a half a person, but if you have two people, they would infect three. And so a slow propagation of an epidemic occurs. In contrast, measles has got that reproductive number of over 10. So one person infects 10. And then you have a lightning outbreak that goes through a population, will actually often burn through a population, make a lot of people very sick. And that's what happened before I was, or just before, in fact, during the first few years when I was a child. And the uh, coronavirus started out at a reproductive number of two to three, faster than flu, but a whole lot slower than measles. And now with Delta, it's doubled, tripled. To, uh, we're dealing more with the six, seven, eight. And so if you, if you just use six as an example, that means one person infects six. And that's not good news. But that's what's really happening is this virus has changed to become much more infectious, and viruses can do that. All right. So what what does that mean for us going forward, Rick? I mean, we've the United States has put such an emphasis on vaccination as you have as well. I know this is your area of study and um, and your specific interest. We've talked about it a ton on the show. And so those of us who've gotten vaccinated feel like, you know, we've done our part, so to speak. Um, now here we are back at the start of the school year. We're back to masks. We're back to, you know, restrictions on what happens inside buildings. We are looking forward to maybe a winter where we're going to be back to where we started. It does make us ask, like, why did why did we go through all this if we were going to end up in the same place as where we started? All right. Uh, great question. So, um First, let me say that, yes, masks and social distances are back in importance, and I did not like that. Um, You know, just as an individual, I was much enjoying the face-to-face, the face-to-face at church. And I will say I had to tell my session, my elder body at church, that I thought we had to go back in large groups 
to masking. And that was not fun for me to say, but was done because I care about the seniors, the um, immunocompromised, the at-risk people in my congregation. And so, yes, I had to tell them I thought we needed to go back only because of Delta. The other piece of information that you may have heard in the news the last few days is a new study from the Centers for Disease Control that came out and it showed, as studies that I participated in and others, that the vaccine worked great. 91% was one of our studies, 92, 94, 90, but you had numbers in the low 90s before Delta. With Delta, the CDC big release was it dropped to 66%. Um, you know, to a certain degree, you can't hold a vaccine up to something that's not in it. You know, it, it's, um, you know, you wouldn't expect, you know, taken to the extreme, a rabies vaccine to protect against measles. And as this virus mutates farther from what happened in Wuhan, the original strain, then we're going to see a drop in how well it works. So the big question is, is, and I don't know the answer, this is one we're looking at, is it because vaccines wane over time, protection, and that is a truth in, in vaccinology, or is it because the virus has mutated, or both? And that's the real research question. So going forward then, Rick, what does it look like? I mean, a, a booster shot? Sure. I, I've had my two shots. I'll willingly do a booster shot. But you still have a large percentage, not a large percentage, but a percentage of the population who's not interested in shots, not interested in wearing a mask. Um, and several levels, um, people will get infected. Um, there would be a percentage of people who have vaccinated and infected, but a much bigger issue is that we will have people who are unvaccinated now with a more infectious virus that will become infected. And so that's the biggest concern is that group that is uh, uninfected and children obviously can't yet uh, receive the vaccine if they're less than 12, and they're going to be the group that is really um, hit with this. The one fortunate thing is they don't have as many receptors. They won't get as sick, um, but some of them will transmit to others, and a few will get sick from it. All right. So, Rick, I read the other day that a woman, 77-year-old woman, was one of the first people to go back on a cruise ship, and she went on a carnival cruise and uh, got the virus, even at, though she had two shots, and she passed away. And those just tear at us to hear. Uh, the vaccine is, you know, prior to Delta, we were dealing with 91, 94% protection against hospitalization, maybe slightly lower in, in the older seniors, the 80 plus. But yes, it's, uh, I haven't read that particular report, but I don't doubt that will happen as this, you know, current number, 66% released um, of effectiveness. Now, still, that's better than flu vaccine, and that still means two-thirds are prevented, but obviously um, not everyone. And most of the time, we're going to see higher protection against severe outcomes like hospitalization and death. So uh, we'll see uh, the deliberative process that's underway. Pfizer now has been fully licensed and is available. And so the question will be, should we give a third dose? Um, CDC and FDA have recommended a third dose for immunocompromised persons. 
FDA was a little broader, included some seniors who had trouble with activities of daily living. Uh, UPMC and some other places have included the immunocompromise to include those with a we might call moderate kidney disease. And so we are seeing this. A general principle in vaccinologies is that boosters do make a difference. Um, but the question is also, uh, do we not need the booster for the waning, but will we need a variant um, in just as flu vaccines are changed every year? Do we need a variant? And I think that's the big research question that I'm waiting to see the answer on. Dr. Rick Zimmerman is with us, COVID-19 researcher collaborating with the Centers for Disease Control. Um, Rick, if you're talking about, and maybe you just answered my question for me, but if you're talking about getting a second shot or a third shot, like it, it, let's talk about the, the, the mRNA vaccines, Pfizer and uh, Moderna. When you get the second shot, is it the same as the first shot? At, at this point, um, in uh, both Moderna and Pfizer, it is the second. Okay. It's exactly the same. Okay. That's not true in every other country, but it is true with our vaccine. Okay. So then let's talk about, um, try to get a worldwide approach on this. Um, I have good friends who live in Indonesia, and it's just the Delta variant has just Crushed. devastated devastated that country, um, devastated my community of friends. Um, a young woman um, passed away, only 34 years old. Uh, it's just uh, unbelievable what's happened there. I saw yesterday in the news that um, Vietnam, which has, you know, up till now pretty much skirted uh, COVID-19, now absolutely ravaging that country as well. Um, how does the how are vaccines shared? How does that happen? I mean, I know the U.S. has shared more vaccine than any other country on the earth, but how does that happen on a, you know, on a large worldwide scale? Well, it, it, it's very variable how things happen. Uh, different countries, just like we have our own food and drug, have their own agency, and they will decide what vaccines can be used. And, for instance, um, Brazil rejected some of the Russian vaccine because it didn't appear to be working as well. Um, and so it's uh, a little bit of a law of supply and demand. It's, there's some politics involved, as you've heard. Uh, but, again, each country has usually their own FDA. Europe will rely on the European equivalent of FDA, the European uh, Medical Licensing Authority. And so each group has its own. Um, and then it's can they make enough? Can they buy enough? And what do they buy? Is did they make a good and wise purchase? Right. I actually think we have some of the best vaccines. You know, if I could choose the vaccine for myself, um, it would be messenger RNA vaccine. If I could choose from anything in the world, and why, I would choose And why, why would you choose that more than the adenovirus variety, which would be like the J&J? The antibody levels, and I've been involved in studies that have looked at this, are clearly higher. Um, and the data that I've seen um, thus far, and it's always developing, uh, in a pandemic, the data <laughs> goes fast, yeah. but it appears to have higher effectiveness. Uh, and so what I've seen, higher antibodies, higher effectiveness, and we believe there's a strong correlation between antibodies and effectiveness. I see. We're speaking with Dr. Rick Zimmerman, who's an infectious disease epidemiologist here in the city of Pittsburgh. Rick, you're my brother in Christ. But of course, uh, as an epidemiologist and as a believer and as someone who's looking at the news, just like Kath and I do and many of our listeners, you've seen Christian pastors 
or brothers and sisters in Christ speak out against the vaccines, speak about, uh, I'm not going to wear a mask. Um, What's your thought when you see this? Uh, How do you respond to something like this when you yourself see the science, but also see people who are angry, who are believers in Christ, just like you and I are? Well, um, I'm, all of us are frustrated by the pandemic, and many of us, you know, I've lost a relative um, out of my, my wife's family, So, and I've had relatives on my side of the family affected. Um, so our concern, and, um, you know, for the body of Christ does go out. I, I look at what God's called me. He's called me, you know, Matthew 10 and 7, 8, to go heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, freely received, freely give. He's called me to, the, to medicine. Um, I am not a neurosurgeon. I'm not going to tell you. Um, I promise. <laughs> I will not tell you how to remove a brain tumor, and I will not try. Um, this is the field I have spent really decades studying vaccinology and infectious disease epidemiology. I'm not going to tell a bridge builder whether that's a good bridge design or not. This is my area. Um, Science is not perfect, but I know that God has called me here, and I know that this is the field I've studied. I studied it back in the 2009 pandemic. This is not the way epidemics move are always somewhat unpredictable, but this kind of behavior is not surprising to those of us in the infectious disease epidemiology training. Mm-hmm. We, we teach it, we see it, um, and uh, it's, it's heartbreaking. I will say, you know, one of the biggest things is we do vaccines and we do masking. Uh, we do it for ourselves, but we do it for our brothers and sisters in Christ. We do it for the least of these. We do that because we care about the weaker brother or sister who may be physically weaker. And so I would encourage your listening audience, the, va- the masks and the vaccines, they're part of our service to one another. It is part of loving the body of Christ. That's Dr. Rick Zimmerman. Rick is a COVID-19 researcher. He collaborates with the Centers for Disease Control, clinically tests and treats coronavirus patients. He has a decade-plus experience, as he said, as an infectious disease epidemiologist, and he has been so gracious and kind in sharing his knowledge with us over these many months. So, Rick, thank you again. It's, uh, and thank you for what you're doing, and um, I, I wish the health and uh, peace as well as the unity of Christ um, as we confront this epidemic going forward. Thank you, Rick. Thank you for your work. Hi, my name is Ryan Bourne. And I am Danica Bourne. And And we're we're the the owners owners of South Coast Coast Tax. We would like to thank our Lord for protecting us from evil. Psalm 91 states, He is my refuge and my fortress, for He will rescue us from every trap and protect us from deadly disease. South Coast Tax are Christian-based tax accountants and attorneys who specialize in releasing bank levies, wage garnishments, and filing complex tax returns. We are the leaders in acceptance of offers and compromise with awesome results. We are also a small firm. We'll treat you like family and not just a number. Call us today at 1-800-TAX-1176 for a free consultation, and we'll take the time to explain all of the programs that you qualify for in order to allow you a fresh start. In John 836, so if the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed, and one way we can achieve that is by being debt-free. So let us help you today. Call us at 1-800-TAX-1176, and together we can help achieve this goal by putting the IRS tax debt behind you for good. Again, that number is 1-800-TAX-1176. 
A new college semester is right around the corner. Whether your student is heading back to campus or taking classes online, it's a great time to upgrade their mattress to ensure they're getting the rest they need for a successful school year. The Original Mattress Factory offers high-quality, hand-built mattresses at a factory-direct price. We can deliver anywhere in the U.S., and our factory locations have twin extra-long mattresses in stock for pickup seven days a week or fast local delivery. Visit OriginalMattress.com to learn more. It's no secret that the Western Pennsylvania and Pittsburgh real estate market have exploded, especially in the last couple of years. Uh, For so long, it was easy to buy a house in our town. Really straightforward experience but not so much anymore. Housing prices have really gone through the roof, and it's a seller's market. So, if you're looking to buy, United Faith Mortgage is a great tool in your toolbox. Their direct lender advantage, really, it's everything. It gives you the necessary help and the best deal possible on a new mortgage. Plus, the family behind United Faith Mortgage, they're open about their faith, and it's evident in how they live and especially how they do business. Hundreds and hundreds of happy people living in their dream house because of the excellence of United Faith Mortgage. Look online, United Faith Mortgage. It's a good family doing the right thing. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. Liberty. Nobody should have to pay for one-size-fits-all insurance coverage. Liberty Mutual customizes your car and home insurance so you only pay for what you need. Liberty, 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 Liberty. 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying, Play the word Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. Stefan Wisniewski, former Steeler. Mm-hmm. Uh, he bounced around a little bit, did he not? Uh, Central Catholic standout. Then he went to Penn State. Four years in Oakland. Uh, spent a year with the Jaguars before he went to the Eagles. Yeah. Uh, won the Super Bowl there. Twice, right? He won the Super Bowl twice with the yeah, Chiefs went, and, the and, Eagles. and the Eagles. Then he went to the Chiefs. Had a shot at it last year, too, but mm-hmm. uh, Kansas City lost in the Super Bowl. But he's a, he's a hometown pride boy, isn't he not? He sure is. I mean, uh, we claim him. And, of course, his dad. Leo. Yeah, Leo Wisniewski, major influence for in a lot of uh, young men's lives as a believer. Well, today on social media, Stefan Wisniewski said, I love my 10 years in the NFL, but I'm making an, an announcement and I'm saying I'm going to end my career as a football player. But the good news is, uh, on the same social media feed on uh, YouTube, he says that he plans to become a pastor and settle into his life after football. Quote, Stefan says this, the absolute best part of my life is my relationship with Jesus Christ. I can't imagine a better full-time job than teaching people the Bible and sharing the love of Christ with others. How about that? That is so... That's fabulous. Excellent. Oh, my gosh. I've never met Stefan, have you? No. Yeah. His dad's we been his here dad. more than several yeah, times. Yeah, I love Leo. You know, I mean, you can see the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. It, that there. is just reading that just made my whole day. Yeah, really did. That I mean, you think of any of those guys? I mean, you know, Tunch, of course, and Wolf, mm-hmm. and you know, Tony Dungy, Tony Dungy, uh, uh, John Cole, Mike Webster. Oh, how many guys from the Steelers? Mm-hmm. Are you? These are brothers. You know, I mean, these are really strong. Yeah, I mean, a lot of guys who would never go into a church to see these guys. 
and go, what, what, there, what, what is that all about? Mm-hmm. I, I'm sure that the record of bringing young men and young women into the church because of their celebrity, their football celebrity, sure. has changed a lot of lives, yep. a lot of eternity forever. Yeah. Super cool. Anyway, congratulations, congratulations. to Stefan Wisniewski and uh, his work. Terrific career. It seems like, I mean, I remember when he was drafted by the Raiders. It doesn't seem like it was that long ago. Yeah, 10 years goes by, does it yeah. not? Hey, uh, we are, we're, we're no longer streaming on Facebook. No, if you're looking YouTube for now. us. People have asked for us over the couple of days. Yeah, sorry. Can't see, the, can't see it. So we're moving to YouTube. We're changing things up. There's going to be a whole evolution going on here yeah. in the ride home. The word Pittsburgh, you're looking for that on YouTube mm-hmm. now. And we're you saying goodbye. Still, you can still contact us on Facebook or Twitter. Though. Oh, yeah. We're still in the same places. But uh, Mike Zuckerberg, see you later, my friend. <laughs> break your heart the ride home with john and kathy a production of salem media group three-star general michael j flynn head of the pentagon intelligence agency knew all the government's dirty secrets he was one of the most respected generals in the military flynn knew what the intel world had been up to he understood its funding he ordered the first audit of the use of contractors this set off alarm bells The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.